0: This year, millions will be diagnosed with low energy, but Planet Fitness has the cure. Boost your energy with tons of equipment in our clean and spacious clubs for $1 down and $10 a month. Join the Judgment-Free Zone today.
1: Deal extended to Wednesday, April 12th.
0: See Home Club for details.
1: Good morning and welcome to Forging the Falcons. I'm Scott Kennedy and this is on this side over here. This is Nick Kendall. Uh, I'm in Atlanta and he is in Seattle, so we are covering coast-to-coast your football needs. I've been watching Lucifer again, so I almost wanted to say desires, but it's too early for that. <clears throat> too early to be saying desires. Um, we are just a couple of days away from going live here. You know, if you're a Chargers fan, or a Raiders fan or a Jaguars fan, you sort of went live. You had kind of a a soft opening, so to speak, last week. But uh, you know, we've got preseason football on Friday, so this is the last time we'll do a forging the Falcons. And one quick programming note is we will be coming to you live on Monday mornings for Forging the Falcons at 845 Eastern. I'll get us started, then Nick will join us, and we'll talk some football before we head into uh, Broncos for Breakfast, which also returns next week. So lots going on. Nick, how are you doing, my friend?
0: I am doing well, but I am pretty tired. Uh, picked up some friends at uh, 3.15 this morning and drive him to the airport and then came back and got a little bit more nap, but the dog was saying, hey, how dare you? Um, so let the dog outside. He came up into bed with me. Uh, so been up, kind of up and off for a bit, but, uh, excited here, excited to, it's happy hump day uh, as well. So happy to be here.
1: Yeah. I got out. I got for a walk after, uh, after the show last night and my dog was like, you know, he's like, Oh, I thought we were just kind of going outside. Wait a minute. You know, I got more than I bargained for, you know, after a 40 minute walk, he's like, what the hell man? <laughs> So, uh, you know, he's getting older. He's nine. And, you know, those big dogs, they start getting a little bit of arthritis and stuff. And he's like, I didn't want to go on a 40 minute walk up and down all these hills today. But it was a nice evening out and we are good to go. I slept in a little bit uh, after, you know, the past couple of days of no sleep. So I'm ready to go, man. I'm fired up. You know, who else is fired up in here this morning? Come in say hello to some folks in the chat already. Ethan DWI guy saying good afternoon, gents over across a pond. Uh, Premier League football is back over in uh, your neck of the woods. Excited about that. So good morning. Good morning, EJ. Uh, Says good morning, Nick and Scott. Let's talk some football. Absolutely. Mark Schrader here as well. Some of our friends on Facebook are starting to pop in. And remember, um, super chats on YouTube and Facebook stars on on Facebook are ways you can help support us and help us do bigger and better and more things like adding shows because of support from guys like you uh stars are available on the Facebook page now Albert good morning Jeremy coming in he says good morning Scott and Nick and fellow forging the Falcons and uh, uh my dog EJ says my dog is the only reason I get my 1000 steps a day EJ I'm gonna let y'all in on a, a little crazy secret I said I was gonna stop talking about this but I, I can't help it I have an insane streak going of 10,000 steps um, and then 3,000 calories. So 10,000 steps and 3,000 calories to my Fitbit that is going on five straight years without missing a day. So, uh, yes, that is insane. And last night at 9 30, I got out because I'd been sitting on my butt much too much and had to get out and get my extra walk in at uh, 9 30 at night. So, yeah. Habit forming, you know, says uh, motivation gets you started, habit keeps you going. And man, I'm a stubborn SOB, so I didn't want to uh, didn't want to stop. So let's lead off here, uh, Nick. I want to talk about Roquan Smith, the Chicago Bears, um, from Montezuma, Georgia, went to the University of Georgia. Uh, so all of a sudden, there starts becoming some, oh, and the Chicago Bears ties. If you've been following the Atlanta Falcons transactions move over the last 14 months, Every single player they brought in has a tie to the Chicago Bears. So it all starts making a little bit of sense. Roquan is a talented player, even if he might not be at a huge position of need. He's requested a trade. Bears, Falcons, talent. What do you think?
0: I mean, if he he wants to come to Atlanta and can kind of force his way back home uh, where he has, you know, you have a little bit more leverage then, I think it makes more sense uh but this is a double edged thing with Roquan where a you're going to be competing against a lot of other teams that are going to want to have him I'm guessing the value of what you'd be sending would probably be about the 40th to 55th pick uh overall now that doesn't mean you have to give a round 2 pick it probably something that can equal uh that And the other thing is, um, he's going to be an impending uh, free agent after this season, Uh, probably going to get a big contract. I saw a report that he's looking for money bigger uh, than Darius Leonard, who just signed a market uh, shifting linebacker contract as well. So if you can get good players, I I think you should call on good players, but does it make sense for where the Falcons are right now? I mean, your defensive line has a lot of question marks outside of AJ Terrell. You have a lot of defensive uh, question marks. You're in a position where maybe you need to give up draft capital to go get a quarterback. So it's just mm. a lot of things don't line up uh, unless you feel like you are able to get a a better than market deal. You know, you're going up against the Kelly Blue Book and it's like, oh, wow, this is much less than what the Kelly Blue Book Kelly Blue Book says I should be paying. Maybe we should make a swing then.
1: Yeah. And, um, some reason StreamYard is just kind of bouncing in and out on my connection. So hopefully it's nice and clear. Um, it, it sounds good in theory, you know, uh, okay. Linebacker, but the Falcons already have a high price linebacker that is considerably more than they'd be willing to, to, to pay for Roquan Smith and Dion Jones with a $20 million cap hit. Um, they're like, Oh, we'll send, you know, we'll move Dion and then, you know, we can bring in Roquan. Well, it doesn't quite work like that. You know, Dion, You'd need somebody to pick up about $14 million of his salary this year. That'd be the max that you could recoup. And you're not going to get rid of him for $14 million. One, he had a bad season. He's not worth it. Two, he hasn't been playing because he's injured. So that's not going to happen. So you're going to bring in another $9 million cap hit, which you could actually afford. They've worked their way into a place where they can afford to bring that player in if they really, really wanted to. They could bring in a $9 million guy this year. They don't really want to do that, and they're not going to try and re-sign them. They're gonna they're gonna hold their nose and make sure that Dion isn't a huge distraction this year. And you know, if they're going to make a move for a Roquan Smith, it would be next year as mm-hmm. a free agent, because um, then they'll have plenty of money to play with. But again, I still don't think it makes sense. I wrote that up on All Falcons yesterday. Uh, I don't think it makes sense for th- it. Definitely doesn't make sense for this year, Nick. I don't think it really makes sense for this team for next year either. Financially, one, and two, you just put a second-round pick in Troy Anderson. You're okay at the inside linebacker position, uh, assuming that he doesn't just flame out and bust, which you know, is a possibility, yeah. but I don't expect that to happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, draft prospect, right? Guy hasn't played an NFL snap yet. Injury questions also a little bit coming in, so uh, we'll see about that. But just for where it lines up, there are other teams that I think would be more Roquan Smith would be more valuable to them. So therefore they'd be willing to give up more draft assets. The same conversation with the Denver Broncos. Would it be great to bring Roquan Smith if you had extra draft capital this year and you weren't uh, coming up to a Russell Wilson's Draymond Jones slash Bradley Chubb contract extension? Yes. Uh, But alas, it's not where they are um, in their, I guess, evolution as a roster building uh, franchise. And we got Kevin map coming in with the Southern miss golden Eagles there saying, morning guys good to yep, see you and, kevin map yep
1: good morning kevin good morning coming in on facebook make sure you all hitting those likes we've got two likes so far i know we got more watching Oops. than that across the channels hit those likes on facebook and shares facebook's been good to us lately on uh, on the channel so i don't know why i don't know if it's their you know youtube has been kicking their butts for content providers but they've uh i've been getting really really good distribution on facebook so please share uh and and, and invite some more folks in but Kevin comes in, he says, I say we pass on him because we're not going to get a favorable favorable deal on him. No, we're not. Uh, the Falcons won't get a favorable deal. I don't want another eight-figure linebacker. Foyo Luakon got eight figures from Jacksonville. I didn't. He led the league in tackles last year. Roquan, Roquan is probably a better player. Last year, maybe he wasn't. I don't want another eight-figure inside linebacker. That might be on this team, Nick, might be the last place. The last place I would want to invest
0: money in is inside linebacker. The single last place. I mean, they could use another top 10 pick at the wide receiver spot maybe, but uh or another tight end. <laughs> I mean, honestly,
1: they could. One more, yeah. you know, one more wide receiver, you know, assuming you've got free agency. Yeah. I've got I'm going to have free agency money next year and I could invest into my offensive line. I could get, you know, yeah. a, another offensive tackle. I could shore up the guard position. I can get another big body on the defensive line. I just got two edges last year. I could use a safety in the back end. Okay, so where do I want to use a premium pick? Well, quarterback one. Um, you know, that, that could be the answer. Um, but also, again, a cost-controlled, talented wide receiver makes sense for a team that is now on the ascension. It doesn't necessarily make, one f- make sense for one that is he- careening towards the bottom. Um, which I do consider 2022 to be the bottom. I consider this to be the floor for the Atlanta Falcons. And then they're going to come out and they're going to have, you know, nine figures of money to spend in free agency next year, over hundred million dollars in free agency. Uh, You're talking 63 million of dead cap money that comes off. You are also talking about uh, Deion Jones will not play on that contract next year. There's another 15 million. So we're up to what, 78 million. Calvin Ridley money could come off completely. I'm already at 90. The cap goes up ten million. We're at a hundred million dollars. I did that easy, just off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> coming in real quick, Mark Schrader coming in orange. I love it, Mark. Thank you so much for the support, my friend. As always, um, we're you're a big reason why we keep expanding, Mark,
0: and uh, and thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much, Mark. Good morning to you. Hope you're doing well. Hope everything is uh, doing better on the health front uh, there as well. And thinking about you in that uh, in that regard.
1: Yeah. And, um, and Jimmy comes in. <clears throat> Good morning, Jimmy. How you doing? He says, even Cordell Patterson, Patterson wants the Falcons to sign him. I clickbaited that yesterday and I felt a little guilty about it. Um, but you know, sometimes in order to get attention, you got to clickbait the headline a little bit. You know, I said, Roquan Swift and the Falcon, you know, uh, Cordell Patterson weighs in. All he did was put out a tweet that said, you know, Roquan Smith, that's a tweet. And I would expect him to advocate. They were teammates for two years in Chicago. Um, half the falcons were teammates with Rokon smith in chicago because half of them have played in chicago um but again jimmy i I don't think it makes a ton of sense honestly um just for you know for the reasons we we just went through again i i would rather have um another corner because casey hayward's getting old i like casey hayward but he's i i want someone to grow up with aj terrell i'd rather have another safety richie grant Looks like he's making that step up, Nick. He's 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 getting some good reviews. Uh, need another one, need yeah. another safety. Um, I would absolutely rather have three defensive linemen and another fire breathing edge. Anywhere across the offensive line that's not named Chris Lindstrom. Another wide receiver would come in okay, a quarterback and a running back. Literally, I would invest everywhere in this team before I would spend um investment capital on more. Let me put it that way, Nick. More investment capital on the inside linebacker position
0: kicker and long snapper draft picks coming right up guys. You heard it. I from Scott. We
1: already, we already locked up young way I'm yeah. stoked about that. He's a, he's really good. He's a fan favorite. He's a Georgia ish boy. I think he went to Georgia Southern. So um, we're, we're, we're fans. We're big fans of young way around here. Uh, a few Dirk, goals. appreciate you coming in. Feels like it's been a little while, but I recognize the roll tide and the Chelsea for sure. And tank for Will Anderson. Now that becomes an interesting uh, an, an interesting topic. How well would Marcus Mariota and or Desmond Ritter have to play? And then, if they aren't playing well, the Falcons are going to be drafted in top three. If they're not playing well, you got to go quarterback, right? And if they do play well, there's no way they'll be in position to get Will Anderson, right? So Dirk, I I, I find it hard for the Falcons to get to get will anderson next year unless they just say screw it we'll get a quarterback a little bit like the denver broncos did Mm -hmm. you know to hell with it we'll pass on a quarterback this year we'll go after a vet next year and we're going to get a guy a building block type of player like they did with pat sertan they weren't sold on justin fields at nine they didn't take him they got what looks like a perennial pro bowl young cornerback at nine and then they went and got their quarterback the next year this isn't going to be a one-year thing so maybe that is how it happens nick
0: yeah. And this, it would remind me more of the, gosh, would it be the 2019 Cleveland Browns uh, where, you know, it was the Mitch Trubisky, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes draft. I guess they get Watson eventually anyway. Uh, but they say, listen, those are guys, you know, quarterbacks fine, but Miles Garrett, he's different. Um, you see an edge rusher like that maybe once every uh, five to 10 years. And uh, he is a chance to be the best defensive player in football for a while. Uh, we'll go get him. So I think Will Anderson Maybe it could be uh, that type of uh, player as well. I mean, his tape is freaky. Um, he is honestly, I think he should sit out this year. Um, no offense to Dirk with his Alabama stuff going on here, but like he has nothing to prove. Uh, in my book, you know, protect yourself. Um, way more risk uh, being out there. But um, it's, it's
1: different now, though, because they can get they can get money.
0: Yeah, you know. But, so I I don't I feel I,
1: I advocated for that before. You know, you saw it happen in 2020. All these guys sat out, but now they are being compensated. You know, they are, they are earning and, you know, at least earning enough that they don't have to break the rules to buy a Lloyd's of London insurance policy, um, you know, for their draft stock. um, Cause who was paying for those back in the day? (laughs) Um, But, you know, I, I I won't advocate necessarily for the guys to sit out um, the way I had in the past because, you know, some of them are making seven figures.
0: Yeah. I don't know if you saw the whole Arch Manning thing going on here, but Mm -hmm. uh, Ole, Ole Miss offered him a lot of money but the Mannings really don't like Lane Kiffin going to Texas, but he's not totally there yet. And Georgia might jump uh, bump his uh, NIL to 15 million versus uh, whatever it was going to be for a guy who hasn't played a college snap, but uh, Hey, that Manning name has some value, I guess. Um, hey, good
1: for them. Let it yeah. implode, you know, let the whole thing just blow up, blow up the whole damn system. Um, be, uh, we can do another sure. pod. I actually have a, a, a clip. We talked about this for a little while, a clip on my cha- on my YouTube channel about this. We talked about this on, on the Broncos one time, just that, You know, if you, you can't compete with the NFL and, you know, is the NFL eventually going to say, listen, you guys are paying these guys X amount of money. We're going to remove our, you have to sit out three, you have to be three years removed from your high school class thing, you know, just come on, you know? So it's an unholy coalition and it has been completely uh, non-favorable to the athlete. And, um, it's changing in a big way, and it's changing quickly. Yeah. Uh, and Chris coming in here real quick, um, before we put a bow on uh, on Roquan and move on to uh, to the uh, the power rankings. Um, but he, Chris says, you know, sign Roquan to compete. Uh, we need defense to compete. Absolutely. Uh, again, he is a talented player, and you should absolutely kick the tires on a player with local ties. Might want to come this direction. And is, uh, you know, it's good. He's a good player for all those reasons. I just think, one, I think it's in a position that is – I'm not of the linebackers don't matter. But, again, I think the Falcons are okay at linebacker yeah. uh, moving forward if I look at this roster. Even if it's Troy Anderson and Rashawn Evans and you throw De- uh, Deion Jones out the window, you're okay there. There's yeah. gaping holes, gaping holes in other places mm-hmm. that need to be addressed before I, before I drop – 10 plus million dollars before I give a, a guy 40 million guaranteed to play inside linebacker. They're yeah. just getting out of that mess, Chris, with Deion Jones. They they have to they have to live with it this year. They can get rid of him next year for a dead cap hit of about 5 million. And when you're at 65 million this year, five feels like a dream. I just, I'd, I'd rather see them invest their money someplace else instead of dropping eight figures, which is what it's going to take to get Roquan Smith on a multi-year deal um next year it's a free agent and to bring him in this year he's on nine and then you'd have to do go you'd have to give up draft capital to get him and then pay him nine for a team that isn't gonna be very good yeah. so it doesn't it doesn't make a ton of sense to me yeah uh, chris but i'm, I'm with you I, it's gonna be fun as soon as as soon as free agency opens in 2023 uh as this season's over terry Fontenot. i mean you know they're they're just sitting there like this waiting you know money 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 Waiting for that that Matt Jones, Matt, uh, Matt Jones, uh, Julio Jones, Matt Ryan contracts, Dante Fowler contract for that matter. There's seven million, I think, of dead money on Dante Fowler sitting there.
0: Yeah, Um, uh, just because you have it uh, doesn't mean you should spend it too. just look a little bit south to the Jacksonville Jaguars and how they spend every offseason with, you know, the most money spent. And they're paying 20 percent more on a guy than other teams would. So you always got to be. Yep. The, yeah, and the yeah.
1: way I see that, Nick, is hopefully they're learning now how to really evaluate, you know, to get value. You know, you're having a Billy Bean Oakland A's this thing right now. Yeah. You know, to, in order to survive, you're having to do extra work on one-year deals to find guys that can come in and compete. So use that same philosophy. And now instead of a $1 million guy, go get 10, $5 million guys yeah. um, and, and, and restock and get depth across the board. Um, now the, uh, nfl.com came out with their preseason power rankings, uh, yesterday and, uh, no, no big surprise. You know, if you've been paying attention, the Falcons were 31st, um, there wasn't a lot of analysis there other than, Hey, big ups to Dean peace for at least talking the talk. And I was like, how did I miss this? I didn't see it. Well, this is what they were talking about dean peace defensive coordinator atlanta falcons said there's going to be a culture change you know 15th or worse you know 20th and what's nice what warmed my heart to hear it was all the matt ryan haters out there he's talking defense he's a defensive coordinator now i'm not you know matt ryan i'm not i'm somewhere in between the truth usually lies somewhere in between i'm not like it's not all his fault and it was nobody's fault but his no no matt ryan has his share of the blame for some of the falcons past failures but more of it has to do on a crappy defense that, that they've had because uh, Dimitrov wouldn't invest in the, in the defensive side of the ball. So this is what Dean Peace had to say.
2: We talked about it before and talked about it a little bit last spring and defense especially. We're changing a culture around this day-going place, okay? And it's not going to be mediocre. It's not going to be average. It's not going to be in the bottom half of the league like it's been 15 out of the last 20 years. Sick of that crap. We got to take charge, and it ain't gonna be anybody else to do it but us. Okay? I'm tired of everybody telling us how bad we are. Because after a while, you start believing it. Just like you tell you, you never tell your children stuff like, "Hey, you guys, you don't you, you getting mad at a teacher? who says, you know, telling some kid he's stupid, right? You don't ever tell somebody that because pretty soon they start believing it. Guys around here on defense sometimes believe, "Hey, 15th is okay or whatever." I've been in the top 10 one time out of the last 20 years. That bullshit's over. Okay? Sorry, I'm getting fired up today, but I'm tired of this crap. We're going to change the culture of the defense around this freaking place. People are going to start talking about Atlanta defense like they did at Baltimore like they did at New England. It's going to be the same around here. (laughs) Nick, how do you like that? Are you ready to play now?
0: I, uh, yeah, I mean... If only coaches were the ones that made the biggest difference out there, right? It's a it's a player league well, in, in the end. In, but... in the
1: case of the Falcons, Dean peace probably did make the biggest difference because the personnel pr- last year didn't get better, but no. they were able to win seven games because I think the coaching staff was able to to make a difference. Now, I want him to instill that same mentality because you're not going to turn over 26 guys on your defensive side of the ball in a season. And there, there's some, you know, you just got some, you've got some really young talent there, especially if Richie Grant comes in and starts playing well, Richie Grant, AJ Terrell, Arnold Libicetti, you get D'Angelo Malone, Grady Jarrett's going to be there for a few more years. You got Troy Anderson. There's some building by, I just whipped off six names yeah, right there that could be some building blocks of this defense. It could be a core playing and learning because Dean Peace isn't going to be around another 15 years, uh, and learning a Falcons way and turn that into a positive instead of a punchline.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it all starts up front though, right? Like this team is still probably a little bit away from being that guy, but you got to develop the young players that you have, even if they don't become superstars, you can't keep meandering with some of these draft picks and having them bust or just be, you know, mediocre players. And that's just been too often the case uh, for the Falcons over the last 10 years, especially on the defensive side of the ball.
1: Yeah. And there's been a couple hits, and even some of the hits were flash in the pans. I mean, it, what's what's sad is it doesn't take me long to remember who the defensive picks were uh, up high because there weren't many of them. Um, you know, Vic Beasley was a high round pick, and his uh, his 2016 season is one of the main reasons the Falcons made the Super Bowl. They weren't a very good defense that year, and then he goes on a heater and finishes with like 16 sacks. They were a dang good defense for about 10 and a half quarters in the playoffs. They, they started putting it together towards the end of the year. Um, didn't have the personnel necessarily to sustain it, but looking at the, and I'll, I'll drop this in the chat. you you'll know how I like to uh, make sure we're, we're sharing the love here. If you haven't seen the power rankings in here, um, got the Atlanta Falcons 31st out of 32 teams. Um, no other reason, like I said, was given. It just says, um, Shout out to Dean Peace, who hears all your pitying takes about the prospects of the 2022 Falcons as having none of it. And then the rest of the analysis is just the the quotes of of that. Well, it's pretty obvious why, you know, the Atlanta Falcons are where they are. Um, They weren't a good team last year at seven and 10. And on paper, they've probably regressed some. Um, You go from Matt Ryan, who is being hailed as the second coming in Annapolis right now. They absolutely love him. Yeah. Um, to journeyman Marcus Mariota and rookie Desmond Ritter.
0: Yeah, it's uh, they should see some improvement this year on the overall roster side of things. But again, ro- uh, win record loss, I think this is a team that probably overperformed um, last season as dark as that sounds. Sorry, guys, uh, given their point differential, given their score in one uh, or given the record in one score game. So, Probably you could see about the record being similarly, I guess your big argument is even if Matt Ryan is a better quarterback than anybody you have now, maybe one of these quarterbacks because of their mobility, because of their Mm -hmm. fit work better with Arthur Smith. And just because you have issues in the offensive line, maybe even if you do take a step back in your overall quarterback play, they better negate the, the (laughs) sieves along the Falcons offensive line.
1: Yeah. You look and you say, okay, where did they, where did they get better? So to speak, um, and this could break down into into the uh, into the depth chart, you know, that we wanted to talk about too. Is uh, they released their first depth chart for whatever that's worth, and um, you know, the one big change on there was left guard uh, Elijah Wilkinson, journeyman right tackle who wasn't good enough to play right tackle. That's okay. He's got good size. You can't play tackle. They move. Can't play left tackle. They move you to right tackle. You can't play right tackle. They move you to guard. You can't play guard. You they move you out of the league. He's a guard. <laughs> so he's he's on step three. Uh, but again, we said through osmosis, he will be a better there will be an upgrade at at left guard because Jalen Mayfield was the arguably the worst offensive lineman in the NFL last year. and I'll, I will preface this every time I say it. I don't necessarily blame him. He was an inexperienced twenty one year old kid coming out. He only had fourteen starts at right tackle at Michigan. Absolutely built like a guard. It was the right thing to do to move him to guard, but yeah. he was an inexperienced 21-year-old kid thrown to the Wolves in a position he'd never played. Not never, mm-hmm. but you know, not at a high level. Yeah. He wasn't ready for it. He absolutely wasn't ready for
0: it. That's not his fault. That's the Falcons' fault. Coming off injury too, right? Um, at Michigan. Yeah. So just to having to deal with the whole draft process, which isn't real football, the recovery from an injury process, 21 years old. Um, and it's not so much a Falcons issue as in, throwing him out there. I mean, it is to an extent, but it's more so the roster itself was in such a position that you had to rely on somebody like that. Like we don't have looking around the room, like where else are we going right now? Like we have to put the kid in there uh, speaks to the issues on the line, which is unfortunate. I mean, typically you see that kind of issue at the offensive tackle position. Not so much at guard, which is uh, concerning um, for the what the Falcons had last year on on and the. And Falcons that's what play. I mean by
1: Falcons. You know, I'm yeah. not blaming the coaching staff for putting yeah. him out there. I'm blaming the organization for not having a better option than Jalen Mayfield and let Jalen Mayfield get season this year. So Elijah Wilkinson should be better than Mayfield was last year, and Mayfield is dealing with a little bit of a back issue this year. He's looked poor this this season and arthur smith finally came out and said well you know it's not really fair to him because he's been dealing with the back well then tell us that you know not that it makes a it, it does make a little bit of difference even the guys that try not to be on social media they're on social media and you know they see what people are saying about him and it, it, it doesn't help them you know let us know he's dealing with a little bit of a back issue i will make the qualification every time i talk about Jalen mayfield that he had 14 starts and was drafted you know, was thrown to the wolves too early and was one of the reasons he struggles. Oh, and by the way, he's dealing with a back issue this year. Okay, eventually the excuses aren't going to work anymore and he's going to be off the team. But for now, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um right tackle, another big hole. Kayla McGarry looks like he's holding on to the spot at uh over Jermaine Freedy who came in to push him from the Chicago Bears. <laughs> um, another former Bears player coming in. Um Uh, Chris Lindstrom really talked up Caleb McGarry, but it's hard to, hard to really take the evaluation of players uh, on their teammates. They gush. Um, but hopefully he's got more reason than anybody, Nick, to improve, uh, this season, especially.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, we'll be, we'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, What are you expecting from him? Uh, this season. Like, what are your baseline expectations before we start to see uh, everything come together here with real football coming to, uh, coming
1: up? Uh, with, with McGarry, I'm hoping for, you know, competency, you know, being able to just hold his own, not having yeah. to use an, a, a tight end to keep your your quarterback, to not blow up the plays. And again, I, I said he's got more reason than anybody is because his fifth year option was not picked up. Yep. Chris Lindstrom's was. So Caleb McGarry is a free agent, unrestricted free agent at the end of the season and a solid 27 year old i think he's 26 27 years old um fifth year offensive tackle with his tools so to speak he he could be in the 10 million range fairly easily uh coming out get a three-year 30 million dollar contract with 20 guaranteed um you know so when i say that he's got every reason in the world he's got more reason than anybody to have a decent season he really does Um, Now, that didn't work that way for Hayden Hurst last year, which was a little disappointing, Nick. Coming into a two-tight end offense, Hayden Hurst's option was not picked up, and I thought he had a meh year last year. I thought he was fairly disappointing. So I'm hoping that he can come out and be an average right tackle, uh, an, an average right tackle. And again, if I can get left guard, if I can get from the worst to merely just not you know, a little below average and I can go from bad to average at right tackle. Now there's a competition at the center position with drew Dahlman and Matt Hennessy should elevate that position from meh to okay. to maybe at least average, if I can get average play across the whole of the offensive line, that will be a massive improvement.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it'll be really interesting to see with McGarry this year. Like you said, last year of his contract, uh, given they didn't pick up the fifth year option and I'm guessing, even if he plays, you know, slightly below average this season or close to average, there's still going to be a market for him after this season. The draft mm-hmm. pedigree, and it's this, there are not enough tackles right now. I mean, God, anybody who's watching the Broncos right now probably sitting on their hands, you know, squirming, thinking about, oh my God, Malik Reed is bull rushing our right tackle. That can't be good uh, for our long-term prospects. So, even somebody like McGarry, who's been inconsistent, uh, no doubt about that, but has the pedigree, has the frame. Probably still going to have a decent market out there for him, uh, just because t- the value of tackle is because scarcity is high. Well, let's put it this way: I wouldn't trade Caleb McGarry for Calvin
1: Anderson this year. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd probably rather have Caleb McGarry. Yep. Um the, the thing is, they're both fairly young, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think I looked up Calvin Anderson; he was kind of a young, younger guy, and Caleb yep. McGarry is 27. Um, you know, I think he's six seven plus. Six foot eight and has shown flashes. I think the ceiling is better there. Um, again, so like you're saying, if you look across the the NFL at the right tackle position, you could do worse um, than Caleb McGarry. But you know, when you, you when you when you trade it up into the first round to get him, it, he's been a massive disappointment, literally, because he's he is huge. <laughs> yeah, he's been he's been a big disappointment um, for what he's doing, which is why he didn't have his fifth year option picked up and will be a free agent but he, he'll be in the league next year I promise you that he will absolutely be in the NFL next year
0: yeah somebody will probably pay him a good good contract too just because uh, offensive linemen don't tend unless there's an injury of course duh but offensive linemen uh, don't tend to fall off until you know 33 35 years old mm-hmm. uh, just because the style of play is as much about having the body type and the technique as it is the athleticism And uh, again, that first round pedigree. So really, you could argue that he's coming right into uh, what should be his best years in the league. So uh, pulling for him, I know he's an interesting character coming out of uh, Seattle here and playing for Washington. So hopefully he'll be good this year. And uh, I think uh, if you can just, like you said, average at offensive tackle, you'd rather have a lead, of course, but it's more important to have, to not field trash as it is to uh, go out there and have to have a lead. It's kind of like the Jake Matthews thing. You don't want to pay. Elite money for average. That's the other thing, but uh, we'll be interesting to see what he does this season. Uh, the Falcons offensive line in general intrigues me. It feels like the offense though, in general uh, for me is still a year away. Cause it's all just kind of hibernating, you know, percolating some uh, waiting for a quarterback. The real story is here is can they get the defense on track? And you kind of hear that with uh Dean pieces interview and whatnot. You got a lot of pe- questionable young pieces there, but you need two thirds, three fourths, uh, to emerge if you want to take that step forward uh to really contending for a playoff spot in 2023.
1: Well and and Nick, I, I don't even think it's a year away, you know, depending on again, I'm not I don't have high expectations for for Marcus Mariota or or Desmond Ritter. You know, whatever yeah. you get out of them is kind of bonus. You got a journeyman in, in Mariota and you got a third round pick in Ritter. You know, I'm not I'm not yeah. drafting my typically drafting my quarterback of the future in the third round. Yeah. I might get lucky and if so, great. But that was one of the reasons I was so against taking pass catchers the last couple of seasons. You know, yeah. when you're that far away at quarterback, you're not one year away. You know, you're at least two years away. So it's like, okay, we float this year with a journeyman and, you know, we get by. It's a it's a stopgap here. He's got a two-year deal, but it's really a one-year deal because yeah. he's got no dead money next year and can be waived for like $2 million. So it's a one-year deal. If Ritter's not the guy, which you don't expect him to be being a third-round pick, and then you go and you're bad enough to get your quarterback as a rookie well then then you're a rookie so now you're you're dealing with a a team that was three and 14 drafting you know the top two or three picks with a rookie quarterback the next year yeah you've got some money you've got some draft picks starting to pile up but it's going to take at least a year for those guys to come around and now i'm in kyle pitts is you know beginning his fourth year in 2024 because I've had to, I've had to blow the last couple of years, and I'm in the third year. of Drake London. These guys are tired of getting their butts
0: kicked, and they don't hmm. want to
1: resign. They want to move on. Anyway, yeah. real was, quick I, on I, that I, point, I,
0: though, I just, I do want to say that when you have that situation, you talk about the quarterback not here yet with the weapons. On the other hand, uh, you have what's going on right now with the talked about a lot today, uh, the Chicago Bears and the Jacksonville Jaguars, where we're entering year two of these quarterbacks, rookie contracts, which is really the bleep or get off the pot time to Mm -hmm. maximize that value. And looks like we're going to waste multiple years of these quarterbacks because the offensive infrastructure around them is terrible. And then you have quarterbacks on the other hand, Joe Burrow. There you Uh, go. I was just saying that
1: here's your, here's your option, but you know, they got to spend, they did get to spend a a bunch of money before that. So,
0: you know, probably 300 million in free agency before they drafted Burrow. Yes, that's, that's true, but it's not just Joe Burrow. It's also Justin Herbert, they, mm-hmm. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Offensive line needed to work, but they did have some offensive in- infrastructure around him. Mm-hmm. And then Patrick Mahomes as well. Uh, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill are already there, and you are ready to hit the ground running when you get that young rookie quarterback. You're not wasting seasons trying to then find weapons around them where it's, you know, it's going to be year three or four before they have enough uh, pieces around those quarterbacks to really – maximize that rookie contract and evaluate them as well. So I do think there is something to getting those uh, wide receivers uh, in place, especially given, I think the learning curve for wide receivers in today's NFL in the seven on seven era isn't as steep. These guys know the routes. These guys have caught a lot of balls. It's not like they're having to learn completely different games from college to the NFL like we no, had to the, 10 years ago.
1: To your argument, which I will absolutely acknowledge
0: yeah.
1: using the the Cincinnati Bengals philosophy is okay the way we just went through this you're talking about Joe Burrow second year rookie quarterback next year 2023 so 2024 you're a contender if you follow the the, the, yeah. the Bengals philosophy you're a contender in 2024 was there a quicker way to being competitive by going a different route and building the trenches a little bit more probably not no Pro- probably not no so you know I could there's I, I guess, you know, part of it is, it just hurts my soul to see us, sk- to see it, to watch a team get just whipped in the trenches. Yeah. It just, you know, I, I don't care about the wide receivers and tight ends if your yeah. lines of scrimmage are trash. I, yeah. I just don't care.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, and and, and and knowing that Matt Ryan was 37 years old and you were going to need a quarterback anyway. Yeah. Um. But EJ comes and he says, uh, Kyle Pitts and Drake London will need to carry the offense this year. Can each get 1,000 yards receiving? Yes. Yes, they can. Um, I'll let you weigh on on this. I actually have, you know, did I've, I've written about this a little bit, so I've got some some thoughts on this, Nick, but I, I want, I've been kind of hogging the mic here. Go ahead. What do you think?
0: I think it's a volume perspective, and uh, I think definitely each of them can get 1,000 yards, especially because if you think of, like, tight ends, getting 1,000 yards, that's rough, but Labeling Kyle Pitts as a tight end, I think, is doing him a disservice. He might have as many boundary snaps as Drake London uh, this season, who could have as you know as many slot snaps as Kyle Pitts. So, I definitely think it's possible to each have a thousand yards. Uh, this is probably if they do each have a thousand yards. There's multiple ways you could look at it. Yay, the offense is going well, or you're playing catch up in the fourth quarter because the defense is still you know missing pieces. So, uh, teams are playing more prevent defense. A lot of stuff underneath. These guys are racking up garbage time. Garbage time stats. Um, also, it's because the lack of other options that need to be pelted with targets. I mean, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, I, I, you should expect a lot of, uh, a lot of targets their way, a lot of opportunity Mm -hmm. for a thousand yards. Then you talk about, you know, the extra game, everything, the NFC South outside of the, actually, the NFC South has some, I take this back. I was going to say NFC South defenses aren't great. That's not true. NFC South defenses outside of the Falcons are actually pretty darn good on paper, uh, this season. So, but still, um, I would only imagine that uh, just how that sets up right now for these two weapons and the rest of the Falcons right now, even if it's not going to be a super duper high volume passing offense, there just aren't other loud, you know, baby birds in the nest that are demanding uh, to be fed like these two, (laughs) um, the the loudest birds uh, chirping away, probably deserving um, that of being fed these targets. Um, So
1: yes, I think Drake London and Kyle Pitts can get a thousand yards. One that's 60 yards a game. Okay. That's, that's not outrageous. Two, the worst passing attack in the NFL last year was New Orleans Saints, and I think it was 3,500 yards. So can these guys get roughly half of your yardage through the air? Yeah, they mm-hmm. can. And why, for all the reasons Nick just said, going back when we were talking about the depth chart, if I look at the depth chart at wide receiver, the ones listed at wide receiver right now are Kaderil Hodge. Who? I mean, I don't, I don't know who that is, honestly. I mean, I could look it back up and be like, oh yeah, I remember when the Falcons signed him, but... I don't know who that is. Backing him up is Geronimo Allison. He was probably a former Bear. um, Other than that. And then you go down and look and you got Alameda Zacchaeus. He's a good third wide receiver. Wide receiver three. Drop a guy in the slot. Um, Got the contract from uh, that basically that Russell Gage had last year. uh, When they picked up his option about two hours later, Russell Gage's huge contract with the Buccaneers was announced. That wasn't a coincidence. Um, And then Brian Edwards. Uh, Good size, Auden Tate, you know, he's listed fourth, Amir Bird, Frank Darby. You know, these guys are going to get, they're the two options, the two options on this team outside of throwing the ball to the backs. So just through, again, through volume, we want to talk about, we talk about tackles not being a statistic, because if you're playing inside linebacker, you're going to get tackles. Well, you're going to get catches. You know, someone's got to come up with, even if it's the worst passing attack in the league, 3,500 yards was the worst by some distance. Someone's got to get those 3,500 yards, and these are by far, by far the best options out there. It wouldn't surprise me, Nick. I'm going to make, have another Broncos take. I already said I'd probably rather take, uh, I probably, I'd rather have Caleb McGarry than Calvin Anderson. It wouldn't totally surprise me if the leading receiver amongst Falcons and Broncos was Auden Tate wouldn't totally not Auden Tate I'm sorry oh my gosh Come I more. was like okay I'll take that bet right now <laughs> yeah Drake London I don't know how okay. Auden Tate got back into my mind Drake London uh it was Drake London just purely because the Falcons have two targets two yeah. weapons Cordero Patterson being a third he'll get his share but he's you're gonna turn around and hand him the ball a lot too um they have two targets where the Broncos have six So that's probably where I would, I would, I would go that it wouldn't be a totally shock to me if Drake London was the top as far as receiving receptions and yards go uh, on a combined, on a combined
0: team. Yeah, absolutely. And we got uh, Ethan coming in here with the 25 pounds uh, saying good stuff, gents. Good stuff to you, Ethan. Oh, good morning to you. Uh, he says, looking at the Falcons, 2023 cap space, currently 29 under, but can add an additional 36 million by getting rid of Calvin Ridley, uh, Dion Jones and Marcus Mariota. So about 65 million potentially looks pretty healthy. And, uh, yeah, those and I guys think it'll end
1: up being, it'll be higher than that. By the time all is said and done, uh, they don't have a ton of money wrapped up into, into next year. Uh, they're really, their only big money contracts um, are, you know, rookies. Uh, Dion Jones won't play on that contract next year. Mariota, if, if he does, if Mariota plays on that contract, that's good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake Matthews is pretty high. He'll be there next year. His cap hit, he'll probably be restructured again because his cap hit jumps to $33 million. He'll probably be restructured again. Ted uh, cap hit of 33. Uh, Chris Lindstrom will get an extension they will or a, a new contract so they'll find a way to lower his cap number um because he's got a, a, a decently uh calvin ridley again you want that one to be gone casey hayward um you know he's got a two million dollar dead cap hit uh Cordell patterson will hopefully be will stick around you know drake london so you're you know your your big ones there are um garrett Bowles. not oh, Bowles. good lord i've got broncos and odd and take left tackle to me is the same guy Jake Matthews and Garrett Bowles are so similar, it's scary. Yeah. Um, Jake Matthews at left tackle is a is a big one. They'll they'll find a way to restructure that, but they've got to, Nick. They've got to find a way to restructure it where it's not a forty million dollar dead cap hit when he's thirty five years old. I mean they're they, they're treating this guy like a quarterback. This is what they kept doing with Matt Ryan, and yeah. it just kept getting in in more and
0: more trouble got to rip off the bandit at some point. Um but uh, thank you Ethan for the 25 pounds man. And I hope you're doing well. Um and uh, appreciate you coming in and supporting the show. Um also we have John Pope saying I thought we were going to have about 90 million in cap space.
1: Yeah, I, it'll go up John. There's there's several ways to to do that. You know, just take again taking a look real quick at um at at uh, SpotRack, it says estimated cap space 298. Um there, I just went through f- four moves. That will uh, that will change that that can change that and and move it up considerably. Um, that I, that Ethan didn't mention, you know, as far as as things they'll do because Chris Lindstrom will get a get one of those deals where his he's on his um, on his option year this year. So his where is he, Chris Lindstrom? He's got a thirteen million dollar cap hit next year. Um, he'll probably make somewhere similar to that. That's really good money for a guard. Um, but they'll structure it. So he's got like a $2 million cap hit next year. So they'll find $10 million on Chris, Chris Lindstrom's, give him a five year, $65 million yeah. 40 guaranteed with a 2 million, $3 million base salary next year and, uh, and spread that signing bonus out. So they will have more money than they've had in the last six or seven years combined.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Which is great, um, man. That'll be fun to see the Falcons do that. And uh, it does seem like the, in theory, the sun should be setting on a few of these uh, NFC South teams as well. We know, all know that uh, teams that are built on the strength of their defense do not have long windows of contention. And uh, the Saints, I think they probably have one of my favorite defenses in football right now, but I'm really curious to see what happens. I mean, Demario Davis, Cam Jordan, those are two older players. Marshawn Lattimore is right in his prime right now, but injury history, we know how that cornerback position can be pretty fickle uh, with injuries. So the saints, I'm not buying in on them long-term Tom Brady has to retire eventually, right? That's, that's, that's gotta be one. And then the the Panthers seem like they are, I like their defense, defensive infrastructure a lot, uh, but coaching mess quarterback questions galore. Uh, so things seem to be aligning to, uh, maybe make a run here. 2022 is not the year. If you, hopefully you can accept that by now, but 2023, 2024, 2025, there's a, there's a crack in the door in the NFC South.
1: Um, Mark Kerner comes in. He says, you didn't mention Patterson and Edwards. Um, I'm assuming you meant on the, on the talk about the, the thousand receivers. I did mention Patterson a little bit. He, he'll take some, he'll get some receptions too. He'll help chip into that. Again, if you've got 2000 yards and out of 4,000, which would still be bottom half of the league. Yeah. Though, London and Pitts can get 2000 yards each. And then you've got to find 2000 yards for the other guys. Um, Edwards has about 45 career catches. I, ex- I actually expect him brian edwards alamone Zacchaeus, drake london to be your three leading receivers with kyle pitts being your leading pass catcher um and then throwing patterson and patterson in there too absolutely but he he's gonna get the ball out of the backfield a lot as well so um i still believe <clears throat> that drake london is going to be wide receiver one as far as targets and and yardage and then f- yards from scrimmage might be patterson again i think patterson led the team last year in yards from scrimmage. He'll get the ball in a variety of ways. And then Brian Edwards could come in somewhere around where Olamide Zacchaeus came in last year. You know, if he can get 40 catches, 500, 600 yards, I think that would be a very good, um, a very good year for him. Uh, last year with the Raiders, he was uh, 34 catches on 59 targets, 571 yards and three touchdowns. If he can replicate that in Atlanta, I would
0: consider that a, a, a good season for him. Yeah absolutely uh we'll be fun we'll be fun to see how this uh, this team shakes out for the falcons this year um with the weapons uh any other news there on the falcons front as far as some of the weapons how's my guy uh, tyler algier uh doing any news on him or has he been uh... Dude, it's
1: been a little quiet i think they they like him a lot um there there hasn't been a, a lot of the talk has been about the the quarterbacks and um richie grant has, has been talked about a lot good um you know that and just um, the, the offensive line. You know Elijah Wilkinson taking that spot and Caleb McGarry holding on to it, but Tyler Algier has looked good. Um, but you know, there's not a ton of gushing uh, yeah. going on about any of the
0: guys just yet. Um, and I don't. And real quick don't... about uh, Richie Grant, do you have any trepidation about him looking well in this time of year? Because let's be real, you know, the pads have just kind of started to mm-hmm. come on here, and the in training camp and whatnot the safeties aren't really having to worry so much about the run game. You know, it's the two hand touch going on there with the run game. And it's a totally different game for the safeties when they have to think about crashing down and being physical. uh, And that doesn't really translate as much until you start to get into the preseason, maybe the combined practices and scrimmages as well. But uh, is that anything um, that you're worried about? Cause that, that was always my biggest issue with Richie Grant. Dude did not look like he wanted any smoke when it came to tackling. That that
1: doesn't worry me as much because I don't, I don't worry about him tackling. I worry about his uh, reading and recognition. So I was really high on Richie grant because of what they were able to do with him in a vacuum at the senior bowl, which was a lot of one V one type of stuff and coverage where you've got one assignment Mm -hmm. where he ended up struggling was the, the reading recognition and the understanding of Dean Pease's defense and having year two in that, it looks like he's stepping up. So if the mental game for him starts clicking a little better, I feel good about his physical tools so that he is getting praise and making plays now puts him a lot farther ahead than where he was at this time last year. Do I still worry about him? Yeah, you got to see it, but I am very pleased. Unlike Mayfield from what is going on with Richie Grant, Richie Grant for all reports and from everything we've seen has taken that next step. How high we will, we'll wait and find out, but there is at least a positive trajectory where Jalen Mayfield hasn't. Um, That's the one thing. And we talked, uh, Chris, we I, we hit this a little bit welcome in Chris good morning I says, how do you think the running back position is shaping up it might be Algier and Patterson we'll see uh we'll see how um Williams comes in I always want to call him bird too we got a couple of them Um uh, let me see what they had on the uh on the depth chart was for running back it was Cordero Patterson Damian Williams Keith Smith and then they put the rookies way down at the end so Drake London was listed as the fifth wide receiver yeah that ain't happening um and so everybody's talking about the sponsors and we got to get out of here too uh i had that first up but i wanted to hit chris because chris is such a great person for our show um tyler Algier is going to get his time Patterson patterson's going to be the the team in yards from scrimmage and then we'll see where uh i mentioned tyler tyler algier we'll see what happens with uh damien
0: yep absolutely and good morning to you chris hope you're doing well and uh we'll be fun to see how the running back position plays out um we'll be more i don't know do you have do you think chris uh excuse me uh patterson can replicate last season or is it now that the hand has been shown a little bit it's going to be harder for him to replicate it
1: yeah i think if he stays healthy they'll move him around i think you know 600 yards rushing and 600 yards receiving and he leads the team in yards from scrimmage at 1200 yards i think that absolutely can happen um so real quick let me get us out of here nick we've got to jump over to uh We've got to jump over to um, beckoning the Broncos in the next three minutes, but uh, wanted to say thank you to our superstars, our benefactors, Ethan, Mark Schrader, coming in with some supers. Appreciate y'all. And then, uh, you know, if you're in the Metro Atlanta area or looking towards the Metro Atlanta area, make sure you check out Ryan Kennedy Homes. Give her a call. Ask her about a, a home you may have seen or would like to see. Looking to move on, move up? empty nest, any of those type of things. You want somebody who knows the area very well. Ryan Kennedy knows it very well. Check it out. RyanKennedyHomes.com or send her a text. Give her a call. See what you want to know. She'll uh, She's very knowledgeable uh, an expert in the area and can help you in the real estate market in the North Metro area. So thank you very much. On that note, Nick, I got to go. What do you think?
0: Sounds good. Uh, Thanks, guys, for joining us today. We appreciate you, and we'll see you tonight on Mile High Insiders and tomorrow morning with another episode of Building the Broncos.
1: Yeah, and Friday night, we got football. We will be back. Programming note at 845 Monday morning, forging the Falcons for a reaction and analysis of what we saw from Friday night. Until then, we'll see you next time.